This sermon was recorded at the Church of Christ, Wheeler area, located at 1500 South Allen L. Bean Boulevard in Wheeler, Texas. Our regular meeting times are at 10.30 a.m. and 2.30 p.m. each Sunday. Come join us as we seek to worship God in spirit and in truth. Most of you know our church is presenting a series on the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is a very difficult subject to study. Uh, even more for me as, as a beginner, uh, starting off, if you will, let's look at 1 Corinthians 2.11. And I use the ESV version here. It was a little easier for me to understand. So, For who knows a person's thought except the spirit of that person which is in him? So also, no one comprehends the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. Uh, this tells me that the Holy Spirit searches the very depths of God and has a thorough knowledge of God. That's why I'm going to stay close to Scripture and let the Holy, the, the Holy Spirit do the teaching this morning. Let's look now at Hebrews 9.14. How much more shall the blood of Christ through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God? Purge your conscience from dead works to serve the living God. This passage says that Christ through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot. Today it's only through the blood of Christ through the Holy Spirit that we can serve him. And it's only by faith that we can please God. I believe that dead works, on the other hand, are anything that gets in the way of our service to God. Where did Christ get this spirit? Let's go to the beginning. Matthew 3, 16. And when Jesus, was, when he was baptized, went up straightway out of the water, and lo, the heavens were opened unto him. And he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove, and lighting upon him, and lo, a voice from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son, in whom I'm well pleased. I believe what happened next happens to all new Christians. Let's look at Matthew 4.1. Then Jesus was led up of the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. Our topic for today is what does the Holy Spirit do for you? Well, here it sounds like it can purify you, and then lead you. There's no denying that we as humans are tempted constantly to do things that are wrong. The objective of the devil is to destroy us. If he can trick us into following those dead works, he knows we can be corrupted and then not led by God. In the book of Exodus, we read very early in the history of Israel that they had some problems with dead works. One of those times, God was instructing Moses. He was giving him the Ten Commandments, and they were tempted with idols. And I used to think, well, I'm okay here. I don't worship an idol. You know, I don't uh, worship the image of a man or an animal. But dead works are anything that get in the way of our service to God. It can be pride. It can be our temper. It can be an object. Solomon, the wisest, richest man that ever lived, 
built an amazing temple adorned with gold for God to occupy. Let's see what happened. 1 Kings 8, 28. But will God indeed dwell on the earth? Behold, the heaven and heaven of heavens cannot contain thee. How much less this house that I have built it. Well, if heaven can't contain God, where does he live? The Bible says that we are the temple of God. It's his dwelling in us that saves us. So how can we be assured of this? What can we do? Let's look at 2 Corinthians 13.5. Examine yourselves to see whether you are in the faith. Test yourselves or do you not realize this about yourselves that Jesus Christ is in you unless indeed you fail to meet the test. I hope you will find out that we have not failed to meet the test. For me personally, I had to think about this verse a lot. How do I know if I'm in the faith or not? To me, thinking about this, I I think I must test myself to see if Christ is in me. The words that he spoke are what live in us. So how did the people before Christ, how did they know if they were in the faith? Let's look at the history of the Old Testament for the answer. There were 32 writers. The most familiar are Samuel, Moses, David, Solomon, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, Daniel. These men were instruments of God. They, God used them to reveal his word. Samuel said in 2 Samuel 23, 2, The Spirit of the Lord spake by me, and his word is in my tongue. The God of Israel said, The rock of Israel spake to me. He that ruleth over men must be just, ruling in the fear of God. God himself guided these men to rule in the fear of God. They knew they were in the faith if they feared God. They didn't have the Bible. They didn't have the New Testament. Their assurance of eternal salvation was only by following the law. This was given to them by the patriarchs and then later on by the prophets. God's will was passed on by them. What did Samuel say when God said that someone that rules must be just in ruling in fear of God? He said that the person that does that must be just. What types of fear do we have? What scares us the most? Is it God or is it dying? Maybe it's diagnosed with some fatal disease. If we fear God, he'll set you apart like he did these men of the Old Testament. These men had given to the will of our holy and righteous God. What did King David say about the instruction of the Lord? This is in Psalms 25.4. Show me thy ways, O Lord. Teach me thy paths. Lead me in thy truth and teach me. For thou art the God of my salvation. On thee do I wait all the day. Why did David love God so much? Why, Why did he desire to please him so well? David was delivered by God. He understood his deliverance. He was delivered from his enemies. He was delivered from... Absalom, from Saul, many other enemies. 
He was even delivered from his own unrighteousness. This deliverance was connected directly to his obedience. Let's look at Psalms 119.46. I will speak of thy testimonies also before kings and will not be ashamed. And I will delight myself in thy commandments which I have loved. My hands also will I lift up unto thy commandments which I have loved. And I will meditate in thy statutes. David loved the word of God. The spirit of God spoke to David through the prophet Samuel and then later on through the scriptures. David even had a song of deliverance. It can be found in 2 Samuel 22.1. This is the first verse of that song. And David spake unto the Lord the words of this song in the day that the Lord had delivered him out of the hand of all his enemies and out of the hand of Saul. So that brings a question to mind. Did the people of the Old Testament, did they have it any better than we do? Let's see how Jacob described his 130 years of life to Pharaoh. Let's look at Genesis 47.9. And Jacob said unto Pharaoh, The days of the years of my pilgrimage are 130 years. Few and evil have the days of the years of my life have been and have not attained unto the days of the years of the life of my fathers in the days of their pilgrimages. Moses' father-in-law had some advice for him as well. Let's look at Exodus 18, 17. And Moses' father-in-law said unto him, The thing that thou dost is not good. Thou wilt surely wear away both thou and this people that is with thee. For this thing is too heavy for thee. Thou art not able to perform it thyself alone. What was Jeremiah's complaint? Jeremiah 28. For since I spake, I cried, I cried violence and spoil, because the word of the Lord was made a reproach unto me and a derision daily. You may be thinking, well, where's the hope in this? Let's investigate the New Testament for the answer. Who was the most influential teacher? Who delivered when it seemed hopeless? How about the feeding of the 5,000? Right after that, the disciples found themselves in the Sea of Galilee in the middle of a violent storm. They had every right to be afraid. The Savior was and still is Jesus. His name is Emmanuel, which is God with us. Jesus was special to God. That's why we have it better. Hebrews 8, 6 but now he hath attained a more excellent ministry, by how much also he is the mediator of a better covenant, which was established upon better promises. Jesus is the Son of God, which makes him more of a mediator than any person that ever lived. He didn't just reveal the Word of God, he is God. On the Mount of Transfiguration, God told those there, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. I believe that was the transfer of power. Jesus went on to say in John 14, 26, But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you things and bring all things to your remembrance, whatsoever I have said in, unto you. 
So let's think about this a minute. This, this verse 26 of John. The Comforter and the Holy Spirit are one person. The Father will send them, that's two. And then this is Jesus speaking. This is Jesus saying it, that's three. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. This verse says the Holy Spirit will teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance. That's what the Holy Spirit does for you. John 15, 26. But when the Comforter is come, whom I will send unto you from the Father, even the Spirit of truth which proceedeth from the Father, he shall testify of me. He can speak. 1 Timothy 4.1. Now the Spirit speaketh expressively that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of demons. He can guide, howbeit he, the spirit of truth is come, he will guide you into all truth, for he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. The Holy Spirit doesn't speak of itself. It speaks of things it hears from God. That's one way you can tell if somebody is guided by the Holy Spirit or they're guided by an evil spirit. I believe it, at one time or another, we all, we all do fail at this. He possesses a mind, Romans 8, 27. And he that searcheth the hearts knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. When we're led by the Spirit through the Word of God, it will manifest the fruits of the Spirit. Let's look at Galatians 5, 22. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness. Against such, there is no law. That's what the Holy Spirit does for you as well. He can lead us. He can guide us. He can comfort us. The Holy Spirit will surely help, but it does require something from us, obedience. It's only through the blood of Christ, through the Holy Spirit, that we can serve and it's only by faith in him that we can have that assurance of eternal salvation. Jesus had given himself over fully to the will of our holy and righteous God. Patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. God sent his son for us here in this modern world and gave us the Holy Spirit to deal with our pressures. Jesus said... In Matthew 6, 34, Take therefore no thought for the morrow, for the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. Well, with that being said, what can we do about it today? If we're obedient to his call, we can access the fruits of the Spirit and all those other qualities that we've been reading about. But how? Let's look at Acts 2, 38. Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. God does indeed hear the cries of his children. That's what the Holy Spirit does for you. Jesus learned obedience by suffering. Our whole lives here on this earth have only been a test. There's only one question on that test, and then there's the final exam. 
What is that question? Where do you want to spend eternity? What has the Holy Spirit done for you? Abraham and those with him had to climb a mountain just to send a sacrifice to God. Moses had to climb a mountain just to receive some commandments from God. Jesus was climbing the mountain every day he spent here on this earth. And he reached the top of God's mountain. The only thing we have to do is walk down this aisle and sit down on this first pew and receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Our holy and righteous God wants us to be delivered from our enemies. The final enemy is death. If you feel like asking Jesus into your life and follow his example in baptism, we'd like for you to do that now. Thank you for listening to today's sermon podcast. If you have questions about what you have heard or would like to know more information, please contact us by emailing cfcwheelerarea at gmail.com or look us up on Facebook or Instagram and send us a message there.